Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network, as well as the Big Heads Media podcast network, where we are the official Miami Dolphins podcast of Big Heads Media. I am Sam Marcoux. He is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I am talking about the man with the plan, too sweet to be sour, Mr. Mm. Christopher Cullen. Chris, how the hell are you doing over there, my friend? I am comfortably numb, Sam. Uh, Is there anything going on? Anything happening? I mean, it was week one, but other than that, do we have anything else to talk about? This will be a short show. Pretty short show. I mean, uh, the Miami Dolphins, for once in their lives, have been very, very quiet leading up to week one (laughs) of the NFL season. And if you believe that, I got a bridge to sell you in Kansas. As always, Chris, did we not nail this? The day that we signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, if you go back and listen to that episode, I think we nailed it when we said, we're not sure if the Miami Dolphins are going to be good this year. We're not sure if the Miami Dolphins are going to win any games this year. But what we are sure of is the Miami Dolphins are going to be entertaining. Yeah, that's right. We did say that, and we are correct, but we were kind of thinking on the field. We had no (laughs) idea that they were going to pull the stuff that they pulled in the offseason and all the way up to when they get on the field week one. Uh, here of the 2019 season. We have a lot to digest here. We've got to talk about trades. We've got to talk about cuts. We've got to talk about acquisitions. We've got to talk about draft picks for 2020 and 2021. We have to talk mm-hmm. to Brandon Lang, who is one of the best NFL handicappers that's out there. In fact, football in general, uh, just one of the best that's out there. He actually had a movie made about his life called Two for the Money, starring Matthew McConaughey, Al Pacino, Jeremy Piven, and Rene Russo. Uh, we're also going to preview, obviously, week one against the stupid, lousy Baltimore Ravens coming to mm-hmm. Miami. We have so much to to discuss here, Chris. Uh, this is going to be just a bloated five-pound bag, ten pounds of crap episode. That actually might be the title uh, here week <laughs> one against the Baltimore Ravens. But before we talk about the Baltimore Ravens, before we get to Brandon Lang and where you should place your money as a doll fan this year, Chris, let's talk about how we got to where we are right here, right now. You know, a week ago, we sat here and we talked on this podcast about some of the key players for the Miami Dolphins. and <laughs> We talked about how it was very, very likely that Davian Clowney was going to be a Miami Dolphin, so much so that we started looking at scheme fit. We started looking at how he would actually function within this Miami Dolphins package. And as it turns out, we were dead wrong. The media was dead wrong. Everyone was dead wrong. Jadavian Clowney is not a Miami Dolphin. He is, in fact, a Seattle Seahawk. He, uh, he went from being traded for Laramie Tunzel and a first-round pick to, well, going with a first-round pick for Laramie Tunzel to going to Seattle for, I think, a bag of chips and a lifetime supply of Starbucks. Uh, obviously did not get what he was the, the Houston Texans were asking for from Miami for Jadavian Clowney. Instead, he goes to Seattle. So all those nice things we said about him, we take it back. We hate him. He sucks. He's never going to do anything good. He's probably injured all the time. So let's just get that out of our <laughs> system right there. Now, with that trade falling apart for the Miami Dolphins, every Miami Dolphin fan out there, every citizen of Perfectville, Chris, I think, for at least two seconds, took a sigh of relief of, whew, Laramie Tunzel's going nowhere. We have our left tackle for the next 15 years. (laughs) And then what happened next, Chris? 
as you're going down the timeline, Sam, I just laughed at myself because uh, I, I know where I was during all of it, and it's just hilarious now in hindsight that it's over. Um, you know, we were thinking it's clowny and a first for Tunzel, and we're wondering if that was good or not. Um, and I have a feeling, Sam, it, it came out later as it got on that Clowney just flat out did not want to play for the Miami Dolphins. And he's like, dude, you guys can trade me there. I'm not, I'm not playing. So that's dumb. And Miami, I have a feeling that it's a possibility that that was the move now that we know what happened after. Um, so Clowney goes somewhere else. He goes to Seattle, but Houston, man, really sank their teeth and they wanted Laramie Tunzel to protect the blind side of their, their franchise quarterback, Sean Watson. And, um, well, the news broke, and uh, Larry Tunzel traded for and, and Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills and Larry Tunzel traded for a, two first round draft picks and a second round pick. Is that right, Sam? Yeah, that's right. And I think we're sending a fourth back to them this year, or maybe next year. I mean, yeah. that's somewhat of an inconsequential pick, considering that we just traded Larry Tunzel, who everyone thought was going to be essentially <laughs> the face of the franchise, at least for the offense. Arguably the best player the Miami Dolphins had this year on offense, defense, or special teams. In fact, every publication that's coming out about the Miami Dolphins in 2019 basically had Xavier Howard and or Laramie Tunzel on the cover. One of the local, yeah, one of the local papers had them on the cover as the face of the franchise. Yeah. So it just blows everything up. If you look at the calendar that the Miami Dolphins have, I believe like eight of the 12 months are of, of people that are no longer on the Miami Dolphins, uh, even though they took those <laughs> pictures about three weeks ago. It's it's crazy. So Laramie Tunzel and Kenny Stills go to the Houston Texans for a first-round pick in 2020, a first-round pick in 2021, and a second-round pick as well. And I, again, I think we're shipping a fourth-round pick and something else over to the Houston Texans. So that right there was a bombshell for the Miami Dolphins. But they weren't done yet and we're going to circle back to this and talk about the effects of all this and where this is leading but then on top of that the Miami Dolphins traded Kiko Alonso who had cleaned out his locker earlier in that day and asked for a trade he goes to the New Orleans Saints for a bagel <laughs> literally or a beagle or bagel I don't know how to say this linebacker's name all I know is that he's not a guy I've ever heard of he seems like a cool guy based on the social media I'm already following him on Twitter which by the way you can follow us on Twitter at perfectville pod but it's a guy who's not going to do anything other than maybe special teams, which you could argue Kiko Alonso was going to do nothing more than special teams. There's a lot of reports coming out now, Chris, that Kiko Alonso was freelancing quite a bit in practice, that the coaching staff was on him all the time for staying and playing within the system. He refused to do it. He wasn't going to be a big factor for the Miami Dolphins in 2019 had he stayed on the team. So getting anything for him, knowing that was probably a bonus. But still, the face of this franchise a defensive stalwart that's been here a long time, and then a young guy like Vincent Taylor, who has been our defense, best defensive tackle for the last couple of seasons, all of a sudden is uprooted and gone as well. Uh, Cornell Armstrong drafted last year. He's gone. You have all these players, Chris, that uh, we thought were going to be here, be on the back end of this roster to help support and everything else. They're all gone. We only have about 20 people from last year's roster on this year's team. And if you look at the depth chart, we have people starting, Chris, that I've never even heard of, that I didn't even know that were on this team. I'm like, who the hell is that guy? I thought that guy was a right tackle for us like seven years ago. John Jerry, now he's a defensive end. Are you kidding me? Who are these people that are on the Miami Dolphins? So what do you think of all these moves as a whole here, Chris? I mean, what does it mean for the Miami Dolphins? Obviously, we're, we're, we're playing for the Super Bowl here in 2019, are we not? No, and it's <laughs> it's not even, it's not even close, Sam. We literally, uh, I have to go back and rethink just how I feel about a lot of things. Even like Josh Rosen starting, yes. like I, I can see Brian Flores just being like, "You're welcome, dude, yeah. kid. I can't I can't put you out there with just wait, wait a week." 
you'll you understand Fitzpatrick. I'm so sorry, but we're going to pay you <laughs> to be the veteran guy to go out there, run around and throw the ball to a bunch of guys you've never heard of before and get fucked up. Like you're just going to get destroyed. How's a couple million sound? And he's like, fuck it. I'm from Harvard. That sounds good. I'll retire after this. And Josh Rosen will just wait in the weeds and just be Matt, Matt Moore with the clipboard in his hand. Thanking God he's not out there playing because now you trade Tunsil. And uh, Stills is gone, which there's ar- arguably people are saying he was a cut candidate. Who knows? No. Kiko Alonso, um, he's gone. It really, if you boiled everything down, really think about it and put like your tiers of players. And without looking with rose-colored glasses, like just as a Dolphins fan, even Laramie Tunzel from a national perspective, is a good left tackle. Like he's good, very good. Um, but is he? Orlando Pace? Like, is he fantastic? Is he a Hall of Famer? No. We don't know. And no is, is the answer so far. Right. And so people are looking at this and they're like, Tunzel, Malonzo was possibly cut. Stills, possibly cut. Taylor, sure. But we just got Christian Wilkins and we have uh, Devon Godchow. So it's like, wait a minute. The Dolphins just got more picks and unloaded horrible contracts. Like $8 million, I think, for Kenny Stills that Houston's taking on. Kiko's gone there's national people that normally are shitting all over the Miami Dolphins for every little thing we do saying that we fucking hosed the Houston Texans in this move. And we've made great moves in the offseason preparing this team for the future. There's also national pundits saying we are tanking. Clearly, Sam, we are tanking. They're, they're, with a capital T, we're absolutely tanking. We don't plan on winning a game <laughs> or even a, a few. The guy playing left tackle, literally they're piecing together this offensive line, and we have a game in days and hours. So we're tanking. Um, but my question is, and I think, and I could be wrong, I think the second-round pick from Houston is 2021. It is. It is so, a, a 2021 pick. So a lot of people are like, oh, tanking for Tua. Are Are we – are we tanking for Tua? There's two ways of, of thinking here. We're going to use this draft capital in 2020 to load up on, on, on more picks in 2021, possibly, you know, trade down, things like that, or get Tua and load up uh, with guys around them and prepare for 2021 with, like, you know, getting a top receiver, top lineman, whatever, when, once you're, I already have Tua in hand. Or we're literally playing the long game, and we really like a kid named Trevor Lawrence mm. at Clemson that's not eligible for the draft till 2021. Now, here's my thing. We got rid of Tunzel. Good left tackle. I think we can all agree if we weren't Dolphins fans, we'd be like, never heard of him, but I heard he's good. Like, I mean, that's all I've that's heard. That's the guy of. that smokes weed, right? That's what right, everyone yeah, would know yes, him as. Yeah. from the draft. Yeah, you, you fell down. You know, if we actually look at this from outside looking in, we, we got an incredible amount of credit back. The capital we got back is insane. And... Tua, if we are tanking for him, is left-handed. Larry Tunzel doesn't help him on the left side. Yes, he can move to right tackle. Will he be as good? I don't know. But his blind side is now right tackle. So we got the capital, and if we get Tua, you know, we can get the guy there if we need to. There's all kinds of moving pieces, Sam, and it's very intriguing. Like you said, goddamn entertaining. Yeah, and and like you said, is is Laramie Tunzel as good as a right tackle is left tackle? Probably not. And I'll I'll use a quote from Jesse Davis, who is either our left tackle or our right tackle right now. When they ask them switching from one side to the other, is it easy? And he says it's like writing with the opposite hand, which tells Ugh. me that Jesse Davis is freaking illiterate and can't write at all because he can't block whether he's on the right side or the left side. <laughs> so good luck to you, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I think you're right. I think Josh Rosen technically won the quarterback competition because he will not be out there against the Baltimore. You're welcome. Ravens. I like you, kid. 
and yeah, you are like, the backup. What? Con- congratulations, you won. All right, so to sit over there and thank me later. You know, that's the kind of thing that's Brian going on. Brian Flores right is now. like, you like being challenged, right, Josh? Here's a riddle. You're not starting, but you're welcome. And he's like, wait a minute. And he has to do the math there. And then the trades happen. He's like, oh, thanks, coach. Yeah. So I, here's the other thing. Brian Flores has got the worst job in the world, not because he's the coach of the Miami Dolphins, but because he is the coach of the Miami Dolphins. You know what I mean? Like this guy's out there like Baghdad Bob telling everybody, oh, we're going to try to win every game. It's it's You got to understand coach speak. If the, For those yeah. that don't understand coach speak, they're asking him, are you tanking this season? And he says, I have too much respect for the game. We're going to try to win every single game. That is not answering the question. That right. is a that is a that is a, a clever way of saying, "Hey, we're still going to go out there, and if we win a game, great." But I understand <laughs> the fact that we are out there with a bunch of junior high schoolers at this point, and we're probably not going to win many games if one. Um, that's his way of saying we're going to try hard, but yes, we suck, and we're probably not going to win anything out there other than a coin toss most weekends. So you got to understand the coach speak there. So yes, we are tanking. I don't care if they won't say it or not. There's all kinds of reports that have come out now from people who actually interviewed for this job before Brian Flores got it, saying that the interview process was basically telling them we are not doing anything in 2019. We we are rebuilding and we are looking for our quarterback in 2020. Now, Chris, that leads me to my point about you. We are absolutely tanking for Tua. We are 100% tanking for Tua. It is not Trevor Lawrence. It is Tua. And here's why. First of all, they have all the draft capital in the world in 2020 to go up and down that draft board before the Laramie Tunzel trade. But somebody got scared somewhere and said, oh my God, we may win four or five games. Somebody else can jump us, especially now that Andrew Luck retired and the Indianapolis Colts may be getting their third franchise quarterback in a row. And we went, no, absolutely not. Your guy retires. We'll just get rid of all of our guys, show you something. (laughs) So now we're back into the driver's seat in terms of getting Tua here's the thing Tua can go back to school Tua can say you know what I'm good I don't need this right now and at that point what do the Miami Dolphins do okay we'll stick our thumb right up our ass again for 2020 we've got all the draft picks in the world in 2021 we're coming for you (laughs) Tua so unless you plan on retiring from football there's absolutely no way that they're not tanking for Tua. I understand what you're talking about, Trevor Lawrence, and maybe that's the backup play yes. if, for whatever reason, Tua does not work out for the Miami Dolphins. But that is the backup play. The starting play right now is Tua here in the 2020 draft. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. That is definitely just another thing to think about. I, I, I agree with you. It's definitely Tua. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a kid that just can come out and ball. He can play. He can throw. He can run. Um, and, and they're putting all their eggs in that basket. And honestly, if I'm the front office and if I got my way, you're getting Tua. Uh, hopefully, we get the number one pick without even needing a trade up. You know, and we do that. And we have all that draft capital, like the Browns did a few years ago, when they're adding guys like Ninjoku and Peppers and um, Garrett, and then Baker Mayfield, and, and and then they can trade a first round pick for Odell Beckham because we have fucking so many of them. Right. Like it doesn't matter. That's where we need to be because we need to get Tua, but we need to put a team around them. And right now we're in a great place to do it. Not only that, say we get Tua, say we get a good lineman, say we get a good uh, pass rusher in 2020. Now he takes his lumps for in 2020 we win four or five games we might have the first overall pick again in 2021 or at least a top five and we have houston's and we have houston's second and our second so then all of a sudden we already have our quarterback we can build around them and that's what we need and they looked at this and said look larry tonsil is a good player we like him but good lord and we've said this before with ninodomican sue I, I i i preach this from a freaking mountaintop he's very good one of the best players in the league at the time but I would take five not as good Sues on defense 
with the money we're paying him than one Sue because five players are better than one. And if we can take Tunzel and turn him into five, six, seven anchor players for our team in the future, this trade was a fucking home run. Here's here's what I like in it, too. And uh, you can equate this because you're a Miami Heat fan, correct? Mm-hmm. I'm a Los Angeles Lakers fan. And there was a very famous trade a number of years ago that actually benefited both franchises, both short-term and long-term. And I'm talking about Shaquille O'Neal going Shaq, from the Los Angeles yep. Lakers to the Miami Heat. Who the Lakers got in return was Karan Butler... Lamar Brian Odom, Walker, Brian, not Brian Walker, Brian Grant, Brian Grant. Yes. And dreads and Brian Grant and Karam Butler, as well as Kwame Brown later uh, when he joined the team were parlayed into Pal Gasol. So Shaquille O'Neal goes to the Miami Heat. They win a, a, a championship. Uh, him and Dwayne Wade have a great, you know, relationship there. Shaq moves on to seven other teams after that. Uh, the Lakers have a couple of bad seasons, but ultimately get Pal Gasol to go with Kobe Bryant based on those trade chips that they got from the Miami Heat. They go on to three more champion or three more championship appearances, two more championships with that base as their franchise. It's a win-win for both situations. That's what I'd like to see with the Houston Texans. I'd like to see Lambert Tunzel continue to grow, continue to be a good left tackle. I got nothing against King Tunzel there. I wish he was still a Miami Dolphin if we could do it but the king's ransom that we got back for king's tunzel uh is nothing short of remarkable and think about this chris we have let's just say the number one overall pick for the miami dolphins next year and let's just say the houston texans for whatever reason just the bottom falls out and they have a top 10 pick in the first round of 2020 holy shit that goes to us too and guess what we now have two second round picks that are very high up there so if we see a guy sitting there in the first round maybe in the mid-20s we could jump back into the first round trade off those two two number two picks and get back into the first round you could be looking at three first round draft picks for the miami dolphins next year depending on what they want to do again this is why they have so much draft capital day one and day two of the draft i'm excited that i'm actually going to be there i'm actually going to be at the las vegas draft in 2020 this is going to be exciting for me to see us uh, get our quarterback of the future and who knows who else here so uh, i'd like to say so chris you It sounds like you're pretty excited about this, especially since you have, and I have accepted the fact that this team is tanking. We're letting the bottom completely fall out and then digging a hole underneath the bottom for the Miami Dolphins in 2019. So if that's the case, Laramie Tunzel goes bye-bye. You get a slew of picks for him. You get rid of people that don't want to be here, who can't play in the scheme anymore. So Kiko Alonso goes away. You get yourself a special teamer. Uh, Vincent Taylor seems to be a scheme fit here in Miami. He's going to go elsewhere and have a career. We have other defensive tackles, like you said, Christian Wilkins, Devon Gauchow, others that can play within this system that, that – uh, Brian Flores and the coaching staff once and then you've got your offensive line in general which the quote of the week Chris has got to be our offensive line coach who said come Sunday there will be a left tackle out there (laughs) did you see that quote I didn't. That's the first I'm hearing of it. Yes. And it's, uh, it's like the subreddit on Reddit. It's like technically the truth. Like, yes. it, I mean, he's not wrong. Well, they asked him. They asked him at practice after they, they traded Laramie Tunzel, and they said, hey, so what's going to happen with left tackle against the Baltimore Ravens? And he goes, well, there'll be one out there. So, <laughs> I mean, have you heard of a guy named Darren Smythe? I mean, have you have you Durham Smythe? I believe you mean, unless Darren's his brother that's fatter, and we put him on the left Probably. left tackle line. But we don't but, ever say names correctly here. <laughs> but here's the thing: when your offensive line coach, who's been here all of three weeks, because we fired the other <laughs> offensive line, maybe that was the problem. Maybe the other offensive line coach, Chris, was actually getting something done with these guys, and our guy in our front office is like, absolutely not. What are you teaching them technique? Get the fuck out of here! You're fired. We're bringing somebody else in. We need a new tank commander here and this new offensive line coach is like yeah uh well there'll be a guy out there so we'll see you sunday i mean this is ridiculous this this is going to be i mean 
I'm looking at the line here, Chris, and it says the Ravens uh, are minus seven. And I'm thinking, what did the Ravens do wrong that they're only you know favored yeah. by a touchdown right now? And we're going to talk to Brandon Lang here in just a little bit and ask him his opinion about this game. Because to me, if I'm betting this game right now without talking to Brandon, I'm looking at this and going, they could be minus 14, and I'm still taking the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, maybe the Miami Dolphins have a good defense, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. But my God, man, this is going to be... Uh, this is going to rival the one in 15 campaign and yes. it's going to rival it for a number of reasons. But the main one is, is record wise. That is the new record right now. It's not over under four and a half like Vegas has it. It's over under better Any. or worse than the 2007 <laughs> campaign. Any. Yeah. Yeah. The, the answer is half game. That's the over under. If we're going to, we're the okayest right. worst team in the NFL. <laughs> we are going to be the most okayest football franchise of all time. Just like our fantasy football league here, Chris, which we're going to talk about that after we, uh, after we talk to Brandon Lang here. In fact, I think Brandon Lang's coming on the line. Are you ready to talk to Brandon Lang here, Chris? You know what, Sam? I was thinking about it. I know we talked about Brandon Lang last week and I was kind of talking about things, uh, uh, I hate to do this here, but uh, you don't know this about me. We live hmm. far apart, so we're you know Dolphins fans, friends, basically. But I I have a huge gambling problem, so I'm actually uh, I think I'll just step off. You you can talk, Brandon. You know, oh. movie star, movies based on his life, and um, I actually got a. Yep, I'm coming. I'm coming. I actually I'm coming. Right, I'll be right there. I've got a ride waiting for me. It's my sponsor. I actually am going to a GA meeting right now. Oh so. Oh. You just take the reins on this one. I think you got it. Oh, I'm going to step off. Okay, well, uh, we we will goodbye for now from Perfectville to Chris. Uh, Hopefully he comes back. Hopefully he's done with his Gambling Anonymous meeting while we sit here and talk to Brandon. So uh, I guess I'll call up Brandon. We'll talk to Brandon, and, and hopefully Chris comes back. Calling all sports fans. Are you looking for an alternate source for sports news, scores, takes, and updates? We'll look no further on Franchise Tax Sports Podcast, hosted by me, Eric Salas. With the help of frequent guests, we'll give you all the latest and greatest on sports. That's right. I'm talking NFL, the occasional NBA and MLB, and yes, a lot more NFL. I've always loved watching the NFL, and there's no better way to talk sports than flipping on a microphone and giving my opinions on what goes on around the league. Tune in every week for brand new episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter at Franchise Tag Pod and on Instagram at Franchise Tag Sports. It's the Franchise Tag Sports Podcast. We got the sports, you just got to press play. Joining us now on Perfectville is Brandon Lang of BrandonLang.com, host of the Believe in the Sharp Edge on the Believe Podcast Network. You also probably know him from the movie Two for the Money, which is a movie about his life, came out a couple years ago. He was played by none other than Matthew McConaughey, also starring Al Pacino, Jeremy Piven, Rene Russo. Uh, What's not to like about that movie, Brandon? You had sports, you had gambling, you had some sex scenes. Welcome to the show, my friend. Yeah, a little disappointed. Everybody tells me it was the movie, you know, True to Life. I'm like two things that just unnerved me. One, it was the little kids shooting baskets at the beginning of the of the movie. Couldn't play dead in a western. Of all the kids, you could have got shooting a little jump shot from the right side off the hip, and, and the basket had no no net in it. You know, come on, man. I mean, I, I can shoot the rock. You know, my high school basketball coach said I never shot saw a shot I didn't like. So a little upset they didn't get a kid who at least had somewhat of a jump shot. And two, the hooker they got, yeah, spot on, right on the money. But I would have <laughs> rather had her be—I I, would have rather had her be Asian because I married Filipino, and I, you know, half half Filipino poodle. I'm tagging her. I mean, I got yellow fever, bad brother. And so, you know, people always ask me all the time, "What was it like having Matthew McConaughey play you in a movie?" 
And the answer never changes. I'm 56. My wife's 46. She looks 26. Anybody out there listening right now, Google Brandon Lang's wife. Dime piece. I'll kick my coverage from Miami to Alaska. Had no I, no right landing this pony, but I did. And so I always tell my wife, she looks hot right now. I don't know. You know, Asian women, they don't age. Might be the white rice and miso soup, but I'll tell you this much. No matter how fat I get, balding I get, or out of shape I get, I can always walk in that bedroom and say, honey, Close your eyes, baby girl. Here comes Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right, all right. So at the end of the day, I always have that in my back pocket. No, that's, uh, I mean, look, I don't have that trump card that I could pull out of my back pocket. I mean, if someone were going to play me, it would probably be the fat kid from the Sandlot, you know. So I don't uh, I don't have the, uh, the the actor swag that you do right there. I love the fact, though, that uh, where you go is that you, you thought that the kid at the beginning of the movie who shot that jump shot was miscast. It was nothing else other than the, the, oh. the kid and the hooker. The kid, listen, the kid couldn't play dead in a Western. I mean, come <laughs> on, man. Just give me somebody who can shoot a little bit of a jump shot. But all in all, it it, it came out great. All right, well, the movie was a success there, Brandon. I watched, actually watched it again recently when I knew you were going to be on the show just to remind myself of all the craziness that goes on with sports gambling and handicapping and football in general. Um What's also crazy is what's going on with the Miami Dolphins this season. Have you been keeping up with uh, everything the Miami Dolphins have been doing in terms of roster moves, trades, all that fun stuff here this offseason? You know, the only thing I need to see is, is the bearded wonder. Um, he just keeps, you know, he, he, it's like, like, like a bad penny. just keeps popping up everywhere, and you can't get rid of it. And so now he's your starting quarterback, and he's got to go against a Ravens defense that is, that, that's going to bring it. But with that being said, you got to say something about the pedigree of Flores coming from Belichick. Miami seven three and one as a home dog. That was under Gase for three years, um, but they, they failed to cover the last six versus the Ravens. So the numbers would most certainly tell you that this is a tough spot for Flores right out of the box. And so I guess for me, it, it comes down to one thing. A lot of times when you handicap games, the the, the X factor is the starting quarterback. The X factor is which starting quarterback do you want to lose? Now, listen, I don't trust Lamar Jackson as far as I can throw him, let's be honest. But Ryan Fitzpatrick's on the other side. I don't know. He's a a red zone turnover waiting to happen. But Mm. it's awful hard in the NFL to pass up big, juicy home dogs in the manner of of what Miami is here. So as crazy as that sounds, I'm a home dog guy. Um, it's always hard for me to ever look away from home dogs in the NFL because it's hard to win road games in the NFL. I don't care who you are. Yeah, the thing about the thing about this whole thing that concerns me as a Miami Dolphins fan is that we all thought Josh Rosen outplayed Ryan Fitzpatrick during preseason, which again, not exactly uh, equatable because you're talking about two different defenses. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing against guys that are actually still in the NFL. Josh Rosen, you can argue, is playing against guys that are now looking for a job, you know, at their local grocery store. So th- the stats aren't exactly, you know apples to apples here, but I'm, I'm starting to wonder here if Josh Rosen didn't actually win the quarterback competition here because they get rid of their left tackle. They've got three rookies or so starting on this offensive line. There's two guys on this line that weren't even on this team last week. I'm starting to think that Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins actually think Josh Rosen won this quarterback competition and they're putting the old man out to die. But as you said, he's kind of like an ugly penny or a dirty penny. He's just going to keep popping up. You know, I, I don't have the stats that you do here, but every time I look at Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, anecdotally anyways, it seems like he's good for about three games a year and they're usually streaky right it seems like he gets three or four touchdowns three or four touchdowns and all of a sudden he's throwing touchdowns for the other team um are you telling me that you think if i was going to gamble on this game that the miami dolphins might actually uh come up against the baltimore ravens a team they traditionally do not play well against uh at home in the in the heat 
No, it sounded all good and fine and dandy, <laughs> but you lose to the Baltimore Ravens in this game. I mean, that's bottom line. I mean, listen, there's home dogs you take, and then there's home dog with fleas. There's yeah. a home dog with fleas. I mean, you don't beat a, you don't beat a team, and I, and I think I have that stat wrong. I think they've beaten them eight, eight straight, and failed to cover eight straight. So, you you know, listen. Sometimes you lose with Team A instead of trying to win with Team B. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I get that. That makes sense to me. Um, so, so thinking and, about and for me, go ahead. But, no, but no, just... for me, there's a. a there's always a right side of a game and a wrong side of the game. And my job at, at BrandonLang.com and being a handicapper is I just want to get you on the right side of the game. Mm-hmm. And as much as I'm a home dog guy, as much as I love home dogs, and as much as I love other dogs, you can't tell me that the right side of this game is Baltimore. You either lay it with Baltimore and lose with Baltimore, or you stay away from the game because of, the, as you said, offensive line problems, Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, and this Ravens team that flat out lost Miami. Yeah, I mean, I think my uh, in my fantasy team, I took the Baltimore Ravens defense specifically for week one, knowing what the deficiencies are as a Miami Dolphin fan uh, of this Miami Dolphins team. I think I can pick up some easy points with the Baltimore Ravens defense against Ryan Fitzpatrick and whoever is in front of him here on the offensive line. Um, speaking of the Miami Dolphins, because you just said you either go with the Ravens or you stay away from this game. I feel like a lot of times when people are gambling against, or you know, with the NFL in particular, they're gambling with their heart more than their minds. Is there a, is there a specific mistake or the biggest mistake that gamblers uh, might make when they're actually getting ready to put a, put money down? Is it gambling on their own team, or is it is there another mistake that gamblers tend to make when it comes to the NFL? I don't know if it's a mistake as much as a handicapping philosophy in that. I I, I when I do seminars and I, I do clinics, I tell people, listen, if you're going to handicap a game change your approach and and start with the underdog and make a case for the underdog and work your way to the favorite. Here's why. Hmm. If you handicap games and you start with the favorite first, a lot of times you're going to fall in love with the favorite because the favorite's the favorite for a reason, and you're never going to get to the underdog. And everybody knows the value of the point spread, both college and pro football. The value of the point spread is in the underdog, not the favorite. Public bet's favorite. Sharps are on the dog. So if you start handicapping more dogs first, and work yourself to the favorite, you'll start seeing more dogs. And by seeing more dogs, you'll play more dogs. And guess what? You'll win more games than you lose. Well, there you go. That's actually good advice for all the gamblers listening to Welcome to Perfectville right now. Write that one down. Repeat it. Go back. Replay exactly what Brandon Lang just said there, because I think that's excellent advice for anybody that wants to actually go out and bet on these games here. Um, speaking of the Miami Dolphins, speaking of gambling, speaking of betting here, uh, even just a friendly uh, wager here, Brandon. What what should the Miami Dolphins be looking at in the 2019 season if they wanted to gamble on the Dolphins? I think individually, individual games, they're probably looking at being an underdog all 16 weeks here, other than the fact that they start putting some wins together. Obviously, the lines are going to change, but is there is there a, is there something the Miami Dolphins could be looking forward to outside of just gambling on the game week in and week out that they should be doing? Is there a futures bet out there or something that you can think of that you could handicap and say, yes, if you're a Miami Dolphins fan and you want to, you want to actually lay some money down on the Miami Dolphins, what and where should that be? I think you play unders with them. Okay. I think you stay consistent with under the total with them. I think their defense can be better than people think. I think their offense is going to struggle. If you don't have an offensive line in the NFL, if you can't protect the quarterback, if you can't run the quarterback, if you can't run the football, if you can't get your quarterback in play-action situations, the defense is going to own you. I think initially until the offensive line kind of matures, I believe if you just consistently play every Miami Dolphin game under the posted total this year, at worst you're going to go 10, 10 unders, 6 overs, and you're going to make money being a plus four units. Play every Dolphins game under. I think they're an under team this year.
Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think even the uh, in week one, they are actually the uh, the least amount of points for the over-under against the Baltimore Ravens, sitting around 36, 37 points, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's good advice, once again, I think, playing the under. The thing is, I don't like playing the under, Brandon, and I think it's just probably, you know, uh, it feels like you're rooting against a fun offensive game when you do that. I mean, of course, the name of the game is to win money, but it feels like you want to root four touchdowns as opposed to uh, fourth downs. Listen, whether you bang a hot chick or you bang a fat one in a slump buster, you still got laid. And that's with gambling. I don't care whether you bet an over or an under. My brother, you still got paid. I get it. You just asked about mistakes gamblers make. They want to root for an over. They don't see the under. I get it. I don't like using unders either. But if the under is the right side of the game, then I'm, you know, then, then, then if I'm going to pull a slump buster, bro. I'm, I pulled a slump buster before I've been in the slump. I went in the bar at 2 o'clock. I, I, I pulled the not most attractive girl in the world. And guess what? Broke me out of my slump when I like a 17-game winning streak. So, you know what? We do what we got to do to win games, bro. You're absolutely right. So if nothing else, especially for Miami Dolphins out there, the citizens of Perfectville, as we like to call you, uh, this whole season might be one big slump buster. Uh, we might be actually be the slump buster for this team. We're just going to have to sit back and take it until 2020 when hopefully they go get uh, their quarterback of the future or anything else in the upcoming draft. Um, speaking of college, you talked a little bit about college and pro here, Brandon. I know you've, uh, you've been in both here. What, what do you prefer? Do you have a, do you have a, a preference when, when you're handicapping games? Is it the pro game? Is it the college game? And why? I enjoy the pro game more because I'm an NFL fan. I think the lines are tighter. But I love handicapping college football because there, there's always the, 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 the dog, the Georgia States, the Georgia Southerns, the big upset, the 23-and-a-half-point dog, the home dogs in college football, Wyoming last week. They're there. They're there, and it's my job to find them. And so when you dissect a 100-game college football board, you, you know it's like panning for gold. And you come up, you sift through it. And late at night on a Wednesday night when you're going over the lines and you're sipping on a glass of wine and there it is, that golden nugget you find in the dirt and you found it. You found that home dog that's going to win outright. To me, that's the excitement of college football because you get a lot more home dogs in college football winning outright in shockers right. Right. than you do anywhere else. I, I love handicap From a pure handicapping standpoint, I love handicapping college football more than the NFL. All right, no, that makes sense to me, especially, like you said, with all those options that are there, and they're going to be there. Uh, but let's just jump back to the pro game here. We talked about the Miami Dolphins. I think everything that you talked about with regards to the problems that the Miami Dolphins have week one and for the entire season here in 2019 uh, are pretty much what the fans uh, of the Miami Dolphins agree with you on. Um, what we can agree on is who, if not the Miami Dolphins, is coming out of the AFC and who, if not the Miami Dolphins, is winning the Super Bowl here in 2019. Now, I know the answer that everyone's always going to default to, either whether it's educated or not, is going to be the New England Patriots. Uh, so let's just take them off the board because we hate them, we know them, we've seen them for the last 20 years with Tom Brady and company just steamroll the AFC East, steamroll the AFC, and steamroll the NFL. So taking the Dolphins and the Patriots off the board who comes out of the AFC and who ultimately wins the Super Bowl, in your opinion, here in 2019? Don't sleep on the Chargers. Ooh. Um, I think Phillip Rivers gets the monkey off his back. I love their coaching staff. I love their team. I know Gordon not there, but their defense is legit. And I think people are sleeping on the Chargers. They were sniffing it last year until they had to go to New England, and they just kind of got caught with their, their, their pants down. So I like the Chargers. It's my surprise team. Um, Cleveland's the sexy pick by everybody, but the Chargers are loaded. And the Chargers are filthy. And over in the NFC, you listen, his girlfriend is so hot. I, I got to roll the dice with the Rams again. 
I just think Sean McVay's girlfriend's so hot. But the Rams is the sexy pick, the not-so-sexy pick. Um, keep an eye on the Saints to get their revenge and get yeah. back there, and you got a little you got a little Drew Brees and, and Phillip Rivers going at it. In Miami, mind you. Yeah, that's the only way the Dolphins are getting to the Super Bowl is that they're actually hosting it here in 2019. So you think the Chargers might be coming out of the AFC, and you think the Saints, possibly the Rams. Uh, again, everyone's picking the Rams, so I kind of like the idea of going out and looking at somebody else, even if it is the Saints who were strong last year as well. But you're right. They got Drew Brees. Uh, they've got Alvin Kamara. They've got a defense that is highly underrated. That was one of their problems for a long time uh, over there in New Orleans. That is not a problem anymore. They have a great coach. Um, I could see that lining up for them uh, 100%. But uh, I, I am surprised at the Chargers, especially coming out of a division where the Chiefs uh, look like world beaters um, through in and throughout. And then you have a Raiders team that you know is always going to be competitive. And a Denver team. See, I think the Denver Broncos, everyone's telling me that the Broncos aren't going to be good this year. I feel like, you know what, they, they might be okay. Uh, why am I crazy to think that? No, listen, you got a Super Bowl champion quarterback. Um got a defense that that's legit but I just think at the end of the day as close as the Chargers came last year and I love their coaching staff I just think it could potentially be their year Denver's a great sexy dark horse they, they, they are um and Cleveland everybody's hyped about but at the end of the day um I don't know if I trust Flacco mm. as much as I trust Philip Rivers yeah, that's probably true. Even with the Super Bowl under his belt, you're probably right. I just think he gives them a little bit of stability there. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I'm not sure. So let's just end on this, Brandon. Uh, and again, you can find Brandon on brandonlang.com. Um, as you know, we're Dolphins fans here. We call ourselves the citizens of Perfectville. We already talked about it. We don't want to talk about the Patriots. Let's end on a happy note here because I don't think the Miami Dolphins in general are going to give us a lot of happy notes here uh, during the season. Can you talk some shit? Can you talk some trash about either the Buffalo Bills or the New York Jets? Tell us why those teams are going to fail once again alongside the Miami Dolphins here in 2019. Wow. Um, the Jets because they're the Jets. <laughs> and they always right figure answer. out a way to, to, to screw things up. And believe it or not, I'm not a big fan um, of the coach of Buffalo. And I, and I think Josh Allen's going to be good. I get it. But I just don't think he's ready in a second year to take them where they need to go. We know what Belichick's record is against quarterbacks who, with, with three years' experience or less, which was why the, the Patriots were a play for me in the Super Bowl with, with Jared Goff and how Belichick schemed against him. Um, I just don't think Josh Allen is ready to get them over the hump. Had brilliant moments, but at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're ready. It's, it's, it, listen, it's, it, it, I've said this for years. The only reason why the New England Patriots have six Super Bowl championships is because they play in the AFC East. They essentially get themselves a first-round bye That's every true. single year playing in that division. And if you took the New England Patriots and put them in – the AFC South, or you put them in the AFC North, and they had to play the Ravens, the Steelers, every, twice a year, it'd be a whole different ball game. The Patriots' success is more responsible with playing in the AFC East than anything else. I've got major arguments with people about that, but it's true. No, I think you're right. I mean, you look at the strength of schedule, they're often, if you look at the Jets, 
you look at the Patriots, or I'm sorry, you look at the Bills and you look at the Dolphins, typically they have the hardest strength of schedule um, year in and year out. And that probably has to do with the fact that they got to play the damn Patriots twice a year. I mean, the Patriots are basically, uh, you know, looking like the one team that rotates through the Pac-12, you know, four or five years. USC, for example, that just steamrolls through the Pac-12. And then you look at somebody like the SEC and you've got the Gators and the Volunteers back when they were good. And obviously Alabama, LSU, and all these just monsters that they're beating each up each other up week in and week out, getting themselves injured, getting themselves tired, that it allows for a team uh, like the Patriots or the USC uh, to look better than they really are. I think you're onto something there. Uh, the AFC least has been that way for a very long time, and it probably isn't going to get any better until Tom Brady and or Bill Belichick retire. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that I can lay a bet that they'll retire on the same exact day. I think they both know how good the other one is for their own career, and I think when one calls it quits, the other one's going to follow them right outside and turn off the lights and leave with them. I disagree from the standpoint really? that Belichick's e- Belichick's ego is so big mm. that he will he will stay after Brady leaves to show everyone I can win a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. Just watch me because I am God and I am the man and I am the one that made this go and not Tom Brady. He is such an evil, evil, evil man. I be- listen. I believe that when McDaniel was going to take the job with Indianapolis. Belichick and Kraft said, go ahead and take the job. We support you. And then McDaniel walked out of the room. And Kraft and, and, and Belichick said, now we get him back for the slate gate. We're going to let them think they're hired him until the 23rd hour. And then we're going to call him in and say, Josh, we don't want you to take the job. You're going to succeed Belichick here and pull the carpet right out from underneath them. And that's the way they're going to get back at him for the slate gate. And I told people this. I said, never, ever, ever was McDaniel going anywhere. And the only person that didn't know he wasn't going to the Colts was McDaniel, McDaniel because Belichick and Kraft sit in that room going, okay, just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait. Okay, call him in here. We'll come. He can't take the job. We'll give him everything he wants, and then this is the way we can screw Indianapolis. And they got back at him for the flake gate. That's my conspiracy theory. Sounds pretty darn good, doesn't it? No, I think every Dolphins fan out there is now going to believe that now that they've seen this here. And speaking of Believe, he is the host of the Believe in the Sharp Edge podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. You can also find him on BrandonLank.com. Brandon Lank, thank you very much for being here in Perfectville. Uh, good luck to you this year, and uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon, and, and we can be dead wrong about the Miami Dolphins prospects here in 2019. You got it, brother. Enjoy South Beach. All right, special special thanks once again to Brandon Lang of BrandonLang.com. Chris, did you uh, did you make it back from uh, GA? Hey, Sam. How's it going, bud? How'd that go? It's, it went well. We talked a little bit about gambling, and uh, if you had a problem, I'm glad that you weren't here so we can just move on to regular football without talking about gambling whatsoever because I did not know you had a problem, but since you do, I respect that, and uh, we'll just move back into talking about football, the Miami Dolphins, all that fun stuff. But before we do that, Chris, I do have a question for you. Sure, shoot. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you keep walking? Um, oh, I'm picking it up. Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them, Chris? I have a gambling problem, Sam. Well, that's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, when you're betting is where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Am I right? Yes, I, I guess so. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I'm talking to you, and I'm talking to all the citizens of Perfectville. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. I just wouldn't do that. So do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, Chris, and all the citizens out there, bet with my bookie. Did you know, Chris, that you could bet on games after kickoff? Did you know that? I know you have a problem, but did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? No, that wasn't a thing for me when I had my problem. No, it wasn't, but now you can. If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. That's the beauty of my bookie. You can do that now. 
And if you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay, Chris. That's what you can do. I know you know what a parlay is because you've got a problem. If all your picks yes. come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year to do it. So here's what I'm thinking. All the citizens that are out there, all the Dolph fans, Chris, even if you uh, you know decide to fall off the wagon, join now. And my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. They're going to double whatever you put down as your deposit. So just use promo code PERFECTVILLE to activate the offer. That's right. The promo code is PERFECTVILLE. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. And that's my question to you, Chris. What do you think? I I love it. Sounds good for our listeners. Sounds good for our listeners. I I hear you typing away right now. I think you're going on mybookie.ag right now and setting up your account. Look who fell off the wagon. Congrats. Welcome back, Chris. Welcome to Perfectville. Welcome to Gambleville. I just bet on the Ravens. Shit. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. So if you did hear the Brandon Lang interview, Brandon Lang did tell you to take the Ravens. He also told you if you're betting the Miami Dolphins this year, Chris, take the under as often as you possibly can. He said, look, you know, nobody likes to bet the under. Everyone likes to bet the over. But at the end of the day, as he mentioned, as he put it so eloquently, whether you bang a hot chick or a fat chick, you still banged. So if you win on the under, that's the name of the game. It's about winning. And if you win on the under, then take the under. Speaking of winning, speaking of football, Speaking of quasi-gambling, the most okayest fantasy football te- league in the world is up and running here, Chris. We had our fantasy draft just this past weekend, and uh, you and I had a side little giggle here that if whoever took an AFC East person that wasn't a Miami Dolphin first, we were going to lambast to hell and back. Well, turns out that person was you, Chris. So <laughs> you forgot when the draft was. You went on to auto-draft, and your very first pick, you actually got Le'Veon Bell from the New York Jets. Uh <laughs> So I have to criticize you publicly for everyone because apparently you are a traitor to your own kind. I know we were tanking this year, but I didn't think you were going to jump ship to the New York Jets. And if that wasn't as bad, you came back and actually got Julian Edelman, and I believe you got James White from the New England or from the from the yeah from the New England Patriots. And then you went out and got Lashawn McCoy, who was just a Buffalo Bill. So I need you to explain yourself. And if you win this fantasy football league of ours, I'm going to be so pissed with your AFC horseshit team. Yeah, well, here's my explanation. I was coaching football. So I got home from my son's um, and our team's victory Monday because we had a rain out and they postponed the game and we played our sixth grade football game Monday at four o'clock. Yes, on Labor Day, two days after another game on Saturday. This is tackle football, not flag. We played two contact football games with 11 year olds in two days. And my son is bruised up. <laughs> He's beaten down. But we got back from uh, the game, and I texted you. And you said something like, holy shit, your team is nothing but AFC East players. And I said, wait, we're drafting? <laughs> and I looked at the app, and we were in, like, round 18, and I missed the draft. So it was auto picks. I'll just blame it on that. But fuck you all. Easy Drake Ovens in the house, bitch. Easy Drake Oven. Actually, Easy Drake Oven is up against, I believe, Fiedler Fan. My matchup is actually with Laird Fitzless. Oh, well, then I don't know. I, uh, I'm i looking at this maybe. Unless he changed his name. I think he, he might have changed his name. But uh, I actually have Tunzel in the turnstiles. I have Raceling week one, and this is what he said. Oh. I encouraged everyone to talk shit about their opponent every week. So, of course, Raceling takes us up on it and says, so I get to take on our host week one. Sweet. They never show up when they say they will. That's very hurtful. <laughs> Just like all. I didn't for the draft of my own league. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and of course, you you uh, follow suit and not show up to the draft, so you just prove them right. So this is going to be a fun, fun fantasy football. People are just talking shit all the time. Yeah, I'm reading it now. It's funny. There's people discussing who was going to draft Tannehill in what round. Someone, uh, 
um, guessed he'd be a first round pick. Yeah, I mean, this is just great. Just keep it coming, guys, because this is gonna be one fucking funny league. I like Laird Fitzless. I think that's the best team name of the week. Laird Fitzless is uh, the winner of the name competition this week. Last week was Chris with Easy Bake Easy Drake Oven. This week it's Laird Fitzless as your fantasy football name team of the week. Now, let's get fantasy football off the plate here, Chris. Let's talk about what really matters. Let's talk about Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Western, Pacific, whatever the fuck you call it. Doesn't really matter. I'll be at my kids' photographs for soccer, so I won't even be watching this game, at least not live. So we're going to win. So we're going to win. (laughs) The Baltimore Ravens are coming to South Beach against the Miami Dolphins. Home game, home opener, season opener. Uh, as Brandon Lang said, the last 10 times the Miami Dolphins were dogs at home, they've been 7-3 against the spread. That doesn't mean they're going to win. It just means that they might play this game closer than everyone expects. But the Baltimore Ravens coming to town. The Miami Dolphins, or what's left of the Miami Dolphins, are hosting the Baltimore Ravens. Traditionally, we do not do well against the Baltimore Ravens. I think we've lost our last eight games against them, if I'm not mistaken. In fact, I think the last time we beat them was the 1-15 season of 20, 2007. So what do you say here, Chris? What is this going to look like come Sunday? Is this a bloodbath? I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, this isn't me being optimistic. I, I promise you, we're losing this game. But um, I don't think it's going to be as bad as we think. Uh, we always go in with these horrible expectations. I can totally see Fitzpatrick hitting a couple of fucking random passes to Preston Williams. And, um, you know, we got Albert Wilson and Grant coming back from injuries. We haven't seen them all preseason. We have the speed to break away a couple of touchdowns. Um, to where we have a decent enough defense where they might be pissed off with all this talk about how bad we're going to be, where I don't think it's going to be 48-5. to five. Like, it's it's going to be a closer game than we think. I agree with Brandon about the under. I could see us losing this game, you know, 21-14 or something, and we'll be like, I can't believe we hung tough with, like, the Baltimore Ravens. You know, you put in the, the heat and the humidity of the Miami Dolphins in September. Like, that's just always something you have to battle regardless of our – uh, outlook in our team. Then you look at uh, the guys we have. We do have Drake w- that can break a run any play. We have a guy like Balaj that can spare him and get big runs, things like that. And then our defense, we got, still got Minka and Xavier Howard and, and, and these guys that can go out there and, and be pissed off. Jerome Baker's going to have a good season. I mean, I can see Lamar Jackson making some mistakes. He's not the best quarterback in the world. He's not Peyton Manning where he'll pick us apart from the pocket. So I can see this being a game where we're like, what the fuck just happened? How we barely lose by three? Um, and then I can see us getting completely steamrolled. So uh, I, I don't see us winning, Sam. I do see a closer game than we imagined, something like 24-14. But uh, I do see us losing 0-1. Well, here's the thing. And all those things make sense. All those things are logical. But I'm going to go with historical data here. Yeah. In 2011, the Miami Dolphins went 6-10. and 10. That was with Tony Sperano and Todd Bowles. The next season, they went 7-9. and nine. The last two seasons for the Miami Dolphins in 2017 and 2018, we've gone 6-10 and 7-9. And, and then we had, a, we had a regime change, right? Mm-hmm. So the year 2013, our Lord and Savior, we went 8-8 eight and eight with Joe Philbin as the head coach. So, if you look at the trend, 6-10, and 7-9, the Miami Dolphins are going 8-8 eight and eight based on recent historical data. And amongst those 8-8 eight and eight wins was week one against an AFC North opponent. That's right, we beat the Cleveland Browns in mm. 2013, week one, to start us off on that 8-8 eight eight journey. We're now going up against an AFC North opponent again. 
This time, it's the Baltimore Ravens. I think I think we're going to shock the world, especially after everything that just happened. It just makes sense. This might be the only one that we ever get this season. The last time we went 1-15, the team that we beat was the Baltimore Ravens themselves. I don't trust that quarterback of theirs. I don't think they have the talent that people think they do on offense. While we do have talent on defense, this is going to be a low-scoring affair. I think we win this game 13-10. to What do you think about that? Holy shit, are we doing ridiculous predictions again? There is no ridiculous predictions. You don't hear Red Fu or Fu Man or whoever his name is in the background right now. All you hear is Sam Marcu telling you right now that the Miami Dolphins are going to shock the world and win this game against the Baltimore Ravens 13-10. to Wow. If we do that, Sam, then kudos to you. Um, I can see it happening. Like I said, I can see it being a close game. Um, your historical data makes sense. Um, and with no, it being week, no, it doesn't. I'm just trying to be nice. But like you know, week one, you never know what's going to happen with these games. Um, so it's just like we'll see how it goes. One o'clock in Miami, but when you get the speed of the guys like Drake Wilson and uh, Grant, uh, and the heart, the effort that Grant plays, and this guy's comp- get, just got a contract, you know he's going to go out there and just play his ass off. So um, you just can't count him out. Like we're going to be bad all season, I know it. But like you just can't count him out week one. You look at the last ten years of the Miami Dolphins: seven and nine, seven and nine, six and ten, seven and nine, eight and eight, eight and eight, six and ten, ten and six, six and ten, seven and nine. I mean, my God, this is uh, the other pattern here is that we're going to finish right around seven and nine again. So who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I think I am wrong. I don't think we're actually going to get seven wins this year. But I like it. I, I'm going to be too optimistic here. And it's week one. I'm hyped up. Everyone's going to be watching this game except for me. And we're going to win. That's how we know we're going to win because I'm going to miss it. And I'm going to be like, what the hell just happened? And we're going to have a thirteen, you know, thirteen to ten victory with a late field goal from Jason Sanders. I'm going to say 47 yards. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my foot in the ground at the 37-yard line and kick that thing through the uprights right now and say we win on a Jason Sanders 47-yard field goal late in the fourth quarter. That's how confident I am. I'm even going to call the play. That's amazing. I can't wait to uh, come back next episode and see how you did. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to be 35-3 to Baltimore Ravens, but that's all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll just take our lumps then and there. But, uh, Chris, anything else you'd like to say before we shove off of land and out nah. to the sea of the NFL season 2019? Nope, I think I'm good, buddy. I can't wait to watch some football tonight. Packers, Bears, season 100 begins. And uh, thank the fans for listening because this is a just a blast to do this and uh, talk about the Dolphins, man. Good or bad, like you said, we're not going to only be entertaining now in this season. The next three years is going to be uh, possibly a gigantic change in direction of this franchise's history. Yep, season 100 for the NFL, season four for the town of Perfectville. We've made it through the Gase era. We're now into the Flores era. Happy football to everybody watching, whether you're a Dolphins fan or not, except for the Patriots, Bills, and Jets fans. You guys can all go fuck yourselves. Fuck but the for Jets. everybody else, all we can say is, on behalf of DolphinsTalk.com and BigHeadsMediaPodcast.com, that's not right, on, the, on behalf of <laughs> DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network, as well as Big Heads Media Podcast Network, goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.